Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Happy Monday to you, Gary. It's a beautiful Monday here in West Long Branch. really is. Um, So we got a little little bit of excitement over the weekend? Uh, I would say so, yeah. We we had kind of left this week open for a podcast guest. Uh Uh, I don't even think intentionally. And then, uh, obviously, yesterday... Something, uh, something just fall right into your lap. Just right into your lap. So, of course, um, you'd expect nothing else, but this week's guest is none other than our uh, head women's basketball coach, Ginny Bogus. CAA champion. CAA champion, excuse me, uh, Ginny Bogus. And uh, big distinction, I realized earlier today, uh, Coach Bogus is the first, first duplicate guest that we've ever had so episode 46 two out of the 46 will belong to our uh newly crowned champion women's basketball coach uh coach thank you listen you just got off i hope we can live up you just got off of a serious xm interview um uh which you did a great job for uh they gave you 24 minutes on that. That was pretty awesome. Obviously, you have a, a crap load of stuff to get done today uh, before the team leaves tomorrow, today being Monday, uh, tomorrow being Tuesday. Uh, I don't think we have a flight time yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. So we will not take up too much of your time, but um, obviously we wanted to have you on because uh, it's huge. It's huge. So first thing, how many hours of sleep are we working on? Starting from when we left... 400 Cedar Ave earlier in the week. I don't know, maybe maybe 20 total. Um, you know, you want to prepare as much as you can for the first one because mm-hmm. there's not a second one to worry about unless sure. you handle the first one. And then it was a domino from there. I think at each night I got less and less sleep because I was further and further from what I felt like was prepared. And I wanted to make sure that we were. Um, I think that's been a huge key for us all season long is one, me feeling confident so that the players can feel confident, but also, you know, giving them the information and the, and the stuff that they need to feel like they can execute a scout. And when we buy into that and we're thinking about what the plan is and not thinking about something that just happened, whether it was good or bad, it keeps us in the moment. So p- pick 10th preseason, and we all know preseason re- season rankings don't mean anything as evidence to the fact that North Carolina on the men's side was the number one team in the country and didn't even make the NCAA tournament and have now turned down an NIT bid. But um, pick 10th, 7th going into the tournament, you know, you guys went down, you win the first game, opening round game. Well, it's not opening round, but you win the first game. My wife says to me, what do you think? Can I, like, run the table here? And I was like, well, let me look at the rest of the bracket. Like, I'll admit, I, I don't, I like, I knew where we were, but I don't know how we did. I said, every team we play, we either beat and split, or we were within five, six points of. So whoever's hot at this time of year. It, what was the mindset, like, going in and being like, okay, we've got a game. We've got to get take care of one game at a time, but... It's not crazy. You only played Towson once, and we lost by seven or six to them. Um, It's not crazy to think. And then you go and beat the three, the two, and the one seed. I mean, I don't know if that's ever been done before. It's ridiculous. 
It was ridiculously fun. Yeah, yes. I, again, it's one game at a time, and I know that's so coach, right? Yeah, okay, coach, yeah. But it's, and it's so <laughs> cl- cliche, but it's true. Um, we were in so many close games this season. Like you said, we lost uh, to only two conference games by double digits. All the rest were single-digit losses or wins. Uh, we weren't really blowing anybody out, I think. Um, you know, just those lessons, every rebound, every free throw, every possession, every box out really matters. And, um, you know, having had the heartbreak and the reality of, of those possessions coming back to haunt us at the end, or when we did make the plays, you know, we talked about the difference in a game winning play and a game losing play, you know, choosing not to bump the slice screen cutter and giving up an and one for the loss. It's a game losing play diving on the floor or setting that big screen for Bree Tinsley to get downhill, you know, in our last game of the regular season to get the win. Those are game-winning plays. And, you know, how can we be in a space where we can continue to make game-winning play after game-winning play? So, I, you know, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. And we said that we'd only keep it to about 30 minutes. So I got to kind of rifle through some of this stuff. But uh, we talked a little bit in, in other interviews and actually kind of in, in a – closed door meeting that we had about making sure you coach to the mood of the team mm-hmm. or the personality of the team. Absolutely. And you kind of referenced that you had been at Marquette and you had players that were like, this has to be business. Um, what is, what is that kind of feeling with this team you have this year? Yeah. We had a player. We, we, I love music, you know, coach Keeger too. We wanted an environment that was loose and fun. And one of our players was like, can we turn the music off? This is too casual. <laughs> we need to get focused. And we were like, Oh, okay. Whatever you need. I felt when I got tight a couple times this year, and I, you know, I'm a very competitive person. I know you guys see me, oh, Coach B, she's chilling. I'm usually smiling. I am a very happy natured, you know, ridiculously optimistic person, Um, but I'm very competitive as well. And so when I feel like we're not competing to the best of our ability, I do get a little tight at times. And I, you got to read the room. If the team doesn't respond well to that, well, hey, it's my responsibility to adjust to them and what do they need and how can I put them in the position to be their most confident selves. And so we needed to keep it light and fun. But they also, this is a very group of bright young women. They want answers. How, tell me how to guard this. What's she going to do if I do this? And so, again, props to our coaching staff and our support staff for, for putting me in the positions to give them those answers. And, and then their you know, individual film sessions with their position groups, um, you know, us all being on the same page with a clear message and giving them concise answers. I thought, you know, how we guarded all year long put us in a position to not really have to adjust in a four-game and four-day stretch where we could just be like, hey, this is how we've guarded it all year. This is how we're guarding it tomorrow. And then we carry that with us. Not, not to dive right into the championship game because obviously this was a season-long and a week-long process to to win the, the tournament. But um, yesterday was so just electric in that arena. It was awesome. I was I was at Housing and um, right up there with some of the best moments I've been a part of here at Monmouth. Um, we come out of the gates and it's ten nothing, and they are forced to call a timeout. At that point, are you like, "Wow, I can't believe we're up ten nothing"? What's your mindset into that timeout? Good start, <laughs> <laughs> right? And we've said it all year: a win for us, W I N win, is what's important now. That's awesome, guys. 10-0 start. It could easily be a 10-0 run them, mm-hmm. and and just staying on like what is important now. The next stop the next set, the next baseline out of bounds, executing. And, um, you know, we've talked about it all off air, but we have a little redhead, blue head. And red is when you feel tight, inhibited, or anxious. And blue is calm, clear, and accurate. And we want to stay in that blue space. And we've got some triggers of knowing when we're red. Um, 
And sometimes red means you're too like, oh, yeah, hey, we got this. It's not over to that last buzzer sound. We needed a full 40. And um, we just tried to stay in that moment yesterday. Where, where did you get, sorry, that the redhead, bluehead thing from? Because I've heard you talk about it a couple of times now. Is that something you picked up from somewhere else or... Yeah, there's a book called Legacy by James Kerr about um, the All Blacks, which is a New Zealand rugby team. They're one of the most prolific sports teams in the history of sport. And um, there's a mental performance guy that we worked with at Marquette and Penn State. His name's Brian Kane. And so he kind of introduced the book and a couple concepts. Um, our men's lacrosse coach at Marquette, uh, who's at Navy now, he kind of got us on the legacy train. Um, but it's I, I believe it. I buy into it. I go there, right? You know, if I'm chirping at the refs, I'm not focused on my team. I'm in the red. How do I get back to my team? And it's the same thing about them. If you're thinking about, you know, process, good. If you're thinking about outcome, bad. Oh, I just missed. Oh, that wasn't a foul. Okay, let's get back to what's next. And so it's been, you know, an answer for our kids when they're like, I'm tight or, you know, she got me frustrated. Okay, well, what's next? And, and again, it's been two years of building toward, you know, Ariana Vanderhoop and Belle Cramble and Lucy Thomas and those guys, like, buying into that and believing it. Jania Hall was huge this weekend. Um, and you could see them really confident. And really calm, like an eerie calm, mm. which is what you hope for in a championship game. Well, Ariana Vanderhoop in the in the first half gets going. She she can't miss. I think she hits six of her first seven or seven of her first eight, something like that. Um, I remember talking to to King Rice on the men's side when Jack Collins got going in a tournament game a couple weeks ago, and it was like he's hot. Like we got to mm-hmm. get him the ball. Do you do you emphasize that to other players in the huddle? Like Ari doesn't is not missing, we got to go to the ball. Do you draw stuff up for her, or is it just kind of natural? Well, what we don't want is to get Ari thinking about Ari being hot. Right? We want Ari just staying in the blue, playing hard. And so I'll call stuff that's designed for her, or, you know, if we know how they're switching ball screens, okay, let's twist it. Um, you know, if they're going under, we just ran dive, which is our wing ball screen action a bunch of times, knowing they'd go under. And it was funny, yesterday, all day long, I was just like, pull up, pull up. Just kept saying it to her because I knew how they were going to guard they guarded us that way the first time, and uh, she didn't take those shots. And I just told her, you know, you can't be a passer today. You've got to be a scorer. And then they do a good job of gassing each other up. Like, you know, everybody knows where the hot hand is. But largely, I mean, you see it in our in our season stats, our averages. We don't have a go-to 25 points per game that, you know, is 68% of our possessions. We just don't play that way. I feel like the best teams have five willing and able passers and five willing and able scorers. And then the ball's going to find the best shot. I think you definitely saw that yesterday. And, and I was one of the things I think I'm most impressed by is that, okay, fine, you want to guard us on a perimeter, and then we'll just kill you underneath. I mean, you guys on the boards. I, got my, I was watching it, and I was – at one point, we had so many second chances and so many offensive rebounds that like a spoiled brat, like when we didn't get one, I was like, come on. And my wife is sitting next to me, and she's like – that's like the first rebound they gave up. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, and she's like, they're up by like 18. And I'm like, I know, but I want this so bad for this team. Um, did you guys emphasize? I mean, they're Towson, I think, is a bigger team or, you know, comparably sized, and they're, they're known for being a pretty tough team underneath. Um, did, did, was part of the game plan like, listen, we're going to take the ball to them and we're going to, and we're going to make them guard us underneath? Absolutely. Without a doubt. And so, the, on the rebounding front, just so so you guys know, as we build our culture and people start to you know understand what Mammoth is about, that's something we want to be known for. Um, there aren't a lot of things that I get really upset about. Rebounding's one of them. Yeah, I've, I've, philosophically, you don't turn it over on purpose. Nobody misses on purpose. Like you know, there are things that just mm-hmm. occur within the within the hundreds of possessions in a season that 
aren't worth your energy. But I feel like rebounding is one of those things that is just an effort thing. And whether we're in the MAC or the CAA or at BYU or St. John's or wherever we are, it's just an effort and, and not really a scout-specific thing, but an identity for us as we build our culture. Well, I, I'm going to call you out right there because you said nobody turns it over on purpose, but we turned it over on purpose three times at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> we did. I was just going to get into that. Just burning, you know, 90 seconds off the off the clock. Obviously, a 25-point margin is what we ended up winning by, so th- the game didn't quite come down to the wire. But at what point, uh, late in the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth quarter, at what point did you did it kind of turn over in your head like, we're going to win the championship? I also try to stay in that what's important now. I feel like it makes me better. Again, they're they're like sharks in the water, right? They smell blood. Our kids feel my energy. They're very attuned. I think we're all very connected in the best possible way. And so I tried to stay as present as I possibly could. Um, I looked up at the clock at one point, and I was like, oh, wow. I did not know we were up that much because I was just so focused on next stop, next play, next stop, next play. Uh, but it, it was a kind of surreal moment. And – I looked at the ben- uh, down the bench at the table, so past the bench at the table, and uh, Jen Loro caught my eye, and uh, we both smiled, and and I think I think that was the moment, and we just nodded, and I looked away, but that was the moment when I was like, we might just fool around and take this thing home. <laughs> well, it's um, forty years between NCAA uh, tournament appearances, and and it's so crazy, and and. I'm probably guilty of it, but when we honored that the 40th anniversary team on February 3rd, you know, I thought we, you know, I had seen enough of our games to be like, hey, we're we're pretty good, we can win some. But I had never thought that this was the team that would win the whole thing. I could admit that. Um, but then you start getting in this tournament situation, and you start getting hot, and and nobody is playing better than us. And there were stretches where nobody was playing better than us. Like going to, going down the stretch, even though if it didn't come out as wins or loss, win and definitely in the win column, like we had some good stretches of really good basketball. Uh, every coach is going to say at the beginning of the year that their goal is to win the championship. Um, how did you keep us kind of? Fo- how did you keep the team focused when you go in as a seventh seed and you're like, hey, it's it's one game at a time? Is it just that? Well, we got healthy, so that that was a big thing, um, and we got our rotations back. And it, there's there's something about being out. And if you're a mature player, Lovin Marcicano, you know, again, Janiel Hall was out with the concussion. We had a couple injuries, Bell Crumble with the shoulder. And if you take that time to really listen and learn, and you've got the maturity to be like, you know what, I'm going to do that when I get back. I'm actually going to do that, what coach has been saying. And then they do. That's incredible. But I'll tell you, we were – so we beat Drexel at home, incredible, mm. unbelievable, very predictable letdown at Elon <laughs> – followed by an absolute battle at A&T, one of the toughest places to play in our league. They have an incredible atmosphere down there. So we got back, and we, we call it a weather check. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of something we – it just kind of came up. We joke with the players about, okay, we're going into A&T. They've lost three or four. Weather check, like they're going to want to kick your butt. Like t- check the temperature. You don't want to go out when it's raining without an umbrella. And so I asked the team about Mammoth. said, Mammoth weather check. And they were a little beat up. And, and a little rundown, and it's it, to to change a culture and to get kids to actually try, but then they don't get the success. We lose on the road in a tight game. That's going to be really deflating and defeating. And so I just asked them, weather check. I said, I'll go first. I said, who am I to think that our team in the first year in the CAA can go on the road and beat A&T in the toughest environment 
against the only team that's beat us by double digits all year long. Who am I? Who the heck am I to think that our team can go do that? What was I thinking? And they were looking at me, shaking their head, like, no, 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 no. We we should have. And I said, there it is. Exactly. There it is. I've been saying it. You finally said it. So let's go. And I think that was the moment. There's always been buy-in. Like, let's be clear. You see how hard our team's played. We haven't been blown out all year. They work, they work, they work. That was the moment when they kind of gave up that that armor and said, what if? What if we all did sell out? And from then, um, and again, getting people back healthy um, and back in their rhythm, we did. We got hot at the right time. Did you see that, like, in practice leading up? Like, like I'll, I'll talk with some of our other coaches, and they'll be like, oh, we had a miserable week of practice. Like, I, I don't know how it's going to go. And, and sometimes it works out like they think it's going to work out. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just, I mean, listen, they're 18 to 23-year-old women or men. Um, th- did you feel like the week leading up to leaving for Towson, we had a, a bunch of really good practices? Or uh, was it just? Wouldn't that be a fairy tale? Right, two days, <laughs> two days before we left, like the kids were like, we had senior day, we won that big game, we were upstairs, we had all these moments with everyone's family. It was so beautiful what we're building here, and then we have a day off. We had a pretty good practice Tuesday, then Wednesday, like we were bad, <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? Just I don't, again, I don't fuss at them a ton. I fussed them out. I mean, I, I went at him. If you think you're just going to walk down there, you know, the, the typical coach stuff, right? right? Threatened to kick him out, like called six of them afterward. What is going on? Is there something I need to know about? Are we okay? And they're like, coach, I was tripping. It was just, I got midterms and I'm tired. And they all were like, so sorry. Like you weren't, <laughs> you weren't crazy today. You know, sometimes we can be crazy. You weren't crazy. You were right. We were bad. We'll be better tomorrow. Here's the be- the best thing. Our freshman at LFRLE. Our Canadian, she gets on the bus yesterday after we win the CA championship. There's a freshman now, so witty, such an awesome personality. She goes, Coach, remember when you almost kicked the CAA champions out of practice this week? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it's just one of those things, like you said, kids have bad days, um, coaches have bad days. Um, and they were, they were tired. It was midterms. It was, we have asked so much of them this year. Um, it is a daunting travel season or travel schedule when you haven't traveled like this. We've never had weekends. We had two home games in February. Just we've been they've been put through the test. And I don't even pause to think about that cuz I'm just in go mode. And it was after them all just owning hey I had a really crappy day. I was like what these kids have done this year is unbelievable. So I needed to step back and take a deep breath, which you saw yesterday in the game I try to do and have the perspective. And then and again credit our staff They'll, they'll check me too, and I want that, right? They're like, hey, coach, we're good. They're good. You know, they all checked on their position, kids. So, yeah, fairy tale would be the perfect week of practice leading up. <laughs> Not so much the case, but Ella Farley with the icing on the cake. Remember when? I was like, stop it. <laughs> uh, um, without, you know, getting too deep into the weeds here, um, you've been here two years, and you took over a, a large group of kids that a lot of are still with you. Um, most of your junior class was, was already here, and, and obviously your, a couple of your fifth-year seniors. Um, how rewarding. I mean, for somebody, I've been here for, for a while, and seen the roller coaster of this women's basketball program, the ups and the downs. Obviously, yesterday was a, a peak, but somebody like Lucy Thomas, somebody like Jen Laura, who's been here for five years, has obviously been through a lot in this program. Is it a little extra special for you to see them celebrating on a court and knowing they won a championship? Yeah, a lot extra special. And I think even more special is seeing them blossom as women, walking around this campus with their heads up, um, you know, 
being confident women, uh, excelling in the classroom, you know, all the things that end up being the byproduct. Winning is, you know, just a side note of, of these women just being confident, connected, caring. I mean, you guys know there are champions up and down this hallway. And women's basketball was always kind of, you know, not talked about around Monmouth. Everybody's winning ships, and it was like, oh, women's basketball. But, you know, now our kids have a lot of pride and, and respect for themselves and each other. And, um, you know, seeing them succeed and, and smile and have fun, it's it's the biggest reward. Well, I think that you're, it, a lot of that falls on yourself and your staff and uh, the job you've done turning the culture around. And I think one of the things that we joked about earlier in a meeting was that the girls were like, wait, we're leaving already for the NCAA tournament yeah. and we don't get spring break. Yeah. And, and that's part of culture, right? Like they're not used to, to, to winning like that. And, and, you know, years past we'd win a game in the tournament, no matter what league we're in or maybe two games and then we're out. Uh, so <laughs> what was the kind of your message to them about like, Hey, you know, it's great. We won this thing, but we got a game on ESPN two on Thursday night. Uh, how do you keep them kind of, it's hard to keep them focused, but also relaxed. And then, oh my God, we got to pack our stuff and we're getting on a, on a plane on Tuesday. Like kind of, what was your message there? Yeah. We've got a couple kids that are like, what are we doing on January 20 or July 27th? And I'm like, what? I don't know. <laughs> and we got a couple of kids like, just tell me tomorrow when to be there. I'll be on the bus. You, you know, it's like all the personalities and the, and the dynamics of a team. And I was like, Hey, for you planners, here's what's coming next. And for those of you guys that that will be in our program next year, so grads doesn't matter as much, but you young kids, like, you know, this is this is why we're the 16th seed. This is what some of those early losses that, you know, we feel like maybe shouldn't have been losses, this is what those mean, and this is what net rating is. And so we just tried to educate mm -hmm. them on that and just take that minute, minute to, like, again, they're curious. These are bright women. They're curious about what's next. And this is all part of it. We did it at Marquette, too. You know, that, that year that we were a five seed, we had, you know, we had seven sophomores. They didn't know what was going on. They just wanted to hoop, right? We, <laughs> just like we didn't know we weren't supposed to win that, right? We just went to right. play basketball. And so, you know, that's just as much my responsibility as anything else is is mentoring them through this process and our staff as well, those people that haven't been to that. But I'm, you know, again, so grateful that I have been there and that I do have those experiences to draw from and, and the ones on our staff that have as well. And so, again, we, we are just going to – do our best to make sure that we stay in the moment. And again, we want to have fun. We wanted to have that dinner with our families. We wanted to celebrate with the people that helped us get here and lift us up this whole time. Um, and then again, when we get to the basketball part, let's just do what we've been doing. We, we talked about Jen and Lucy a little bit. I want to touch quickly on your two grad transfers because they seem to be like perfect puzzle pieces to what you have here. Um, Bree Tinsley and Lovin Marsicano. What have they brought and why – Oh, were they so able to fit into this group? So apparently seamlessly, but obviously the last week more so. Yeah, your your all tournament selection and then your tournament MVP, right? Right there are two are two kids that we brought in. Well, first we knew they'd fit as kids. We knew they'd fit at Monmouth. They, we knew they'd be happy here, um, and we knew they'd fit in with our players. Um, we we're always going to try to win the locker room first, uh, but we knew they'd fit into our style of play. And neither of them had astounding numbers at their previous spots. But when we did our homework and we did our research and we kind of dug really deep, we thought they had skill sets that would match the holes that we had. Uh, you know, Love and Marcus County's got a lot of size, career, 38% three-point shooter, uh, really great vision. Um, and and that's what we were lacking at that four spot. And so we're like, and she's a short kid, so perfect fit. Boom, bring her home. Um, Bree Tinsley, she was a little bit harder to get. Um, just 
Yeah, she started at UVA, had a coaching change, went to James Madison. She'd never really left home, and so that was our biggest hurdle there. She wanted to be wanted. She wants to be a pro. Uh, you know, again, shout out to Stella Clark for leaving it better than she found it. We were, we were able to say, hey, you've got a one, you got one year to get this right. And I have coached a, a first-year point guard in my system. We'll put you in the position. We know the language. We know how to teach you to be successful from day one. And um, her mom's a, a coach, and she was like, this is it. I like it. You can leave for there. And, uh, <laughs> and she knew that we would take really good care of her. But, you know, our team is not a group of girls that are like, oh, new guys, you want my time, you want my minutes. They're just not those kind of kids. They want to win. Great players want to play with other great players. And so those two were perfect fits, obviously. And, um, again, they brought a lot of smiles. Not to blast them. Um, and it, it's not a blast. It's coming from the deepest place of love. Bree Tinsley is about as ironclad curtain as you can be. Not, you're not getting any highs. You're not getting any lows. We're coming out for warm-ups, and they're announcing the starters, and she got teary. And then Lovin got teary, and then there it went, the dominant flow, right? I'm like, oh, my gosh, we got four – Four starters crying in warm-ups. <laughs> like, this is not good. And then I took a moment, and I cried just almost, not not quite, but got the little, you know, the scratchy voice choky in, in our pregame prayer. And what I realized in that half second of reflection is this is just gratitude. Those tears are gratitude for this moment, for this group to be together. And when I told them to take a deep breath before we even tipped the ball up, I said, I know those tears. Are you being grateful for this moment? Then go honor it. Go honor each other and go get it. And then they scored the first 10 points of the game. <laughs> yeah. Calls, ca- calling timeout, of causing timeouts to be called. Um, so one, one last player I want to ask you about, because I think she's kind of unheralded. Uh, she does a lot of, like, stuff around the ball that maybe you don't see as Casey Donovan. Um, I, I know, you know, you brought her here from Penn State. You were very high on her. I, I, she didn't stand out to me last year a ton. Um, but the more, and, and just speaking with you and some of the other coaches about her, the more like you watch her game, I think the more you're like, wow, she's an important piece of what we're kind of doing here. And she's not putting up every game, you know, big time numbers, but she does, she's a good defender. She does the little things. So I think if you had to give, you know, a, a, a intro to Casey Donovan as a basketball player, like, what are you saying about her? Oh gosh. I mean, a big skilled guard like we we joke all the time on our shoulder bumps like big guards right so you know she's a three-level scorer um you want to zone us we'll put her at that high post she can hit that mid-range those turnarounds her passing skills have really improved um again she uses her size really well we've encouraged her to finish at the rim more this year um you know again we don't really have the size and athleticism in this league to get to the rim and finish through people she's one of the players that we have that can do that at a high level and then last year I think, I mean, she had COVID twice. Her fitness, like she just couldn't right. catch up to everything that was going on and the way that we're playing the pace. Um, and so, again, like as she's gotten healthy and fit and more comfortable and we've gotten better pieces around her, you know, she's been able to hit the three ball for us. Um, at one point, she was ice cold on like a four or five game stretch. And she she just said, Coach, I'm not shooting anymore. I was like, don't you talk about my shooter like that, man. <laughs> like you got to let it fly. And um, she came up huge for us in the tournament. She rebounds the ball well. And I think, you know, as her teammates got to know her, it probably was a little bit intimidating last year. Like, oh, Coach B brought her girl from Penn State. Like, that's not an easy position to be in if you're Casey Donovan. And I think that as they got to know her and and where her competitiveness comes from, I think she's really endearing. And uh, she's an incredible teammate. End of game Saturday, uh, I think we're up eight. It was that. 
that tipping point, that fringe moment where you're like, this could go either way. They're about to make a run. We need a, a really good possession there. Casey's at the scorer's table about to sub in, and we threw the one more to the top of the key, and as the ball is in the in the air, Casey screams to Bree Tinsley, be the hero, <laughs> and it splashes. And she's just that kind of gas guy. Like, she right. wants to gas her teammates up. She's really fun to coach. Rooting for her teammates. A hundred percent. That's awesome. And that's something you would never know. Um, you we never heard her hear that on the broadcast or anything like that. Um, probably a loaded question. Um, I know you, your dad was there yesterday. You had a lot of people in attendance. Um, was Good there mom, a moment post game? Yeah, it was a great. Awesome crowd. crowd was awesome. Um, was there a moment on the court after the game that that you were like, "Wow!" I, like, was it whether it was with your father or somebody else? Like, "Wow!" I can't believe this just happened. Over or was and it over just... and over, uh, <laughs> hugging my father, hugging my wife. Um, but if I'm really going to be truthful, that's what podcasts are for, right? The inside scoop. Um, yeah. I'll probably get choked up when I talk about this. I looked up across the way and I saw my best friend from high school, Will Burns' wife, Becky. And then I looked over and I saw Will Burns. And Will and I grew up in a tiny little town. He's doing big things as a producer and, and a filmmaker. And just to have somebody there that's from where you're from and that knows all the work and all the struggle – and, and just truly who you are, um, that was probably the moment. That's awesome. Uh, is there anybody that you heard from? And I'm laughing because I wanted to make sure I wasn't at the game yesterday, but I wanted to make sure I shouted you out and sent you a text message. I uh, told you how proud I we, was. We talked about that in the hotel before the uh, selection show. I said, Coach, just out of curiosity, where's, uh, where's your text messages at right now? I, and I, and it was I, around like 400-something. I, I honestly um, – I just expected to see you today at work, and I was like, whatever. She's got a thousand text messages. No days off. <laughs> <laughs> but but it wasn't just, it, right? It wasn't just text messages. It was probably phone calls. It was probably emails. Is there one person that reached out to you, just told an awesome story about your high school best friend being in attendance, but is there anybody who reached out to you that, that really meant a lot? I mean, obviously, they all mean a lot, but is there someone that you're like, wow, like that person really took the time to say, like, congrats to me, and um, and, and you don't have to say Greg Viscomi, but it, anybody else? <laughs> Uh, again, so many. You know, Colby Tilly, my first ever head coach, Coach Tilly reached out. I wouldn't be in this profession if he hadn't given me a chance. And then we got fired at Jacksonville in 2012, and we had an athletic director change. We are having moderate success. They had had high-level success. And Stephanie Glantz didn't know me, and she hired me at Columbia. And she had been the associate coach at NC State under Kay Yao, the associate coach and special assistant for, for Pat Summit at Tennessee. She was high-level. And, and my good friend Amanda Butler connected us, and she hired me at Columbia. And that was the moment where I could have gotten out of coaching or or take a chance and, and go to the Ivy League and learn from Stephanie Glantz. And then from there, we know the story. I went to Marquette and then Penn State. And then, you know, you guys gave me this opportunity here. But hearing from Coach Glantz and being able to say thank you mm-hmm. um, was pretty special. Um, but, again, the, everybody from back home um, that's still following along, it, it's so cool. And, you know, we talked about community and connection and, and where you're from and why you are who you are and, why certain places fit and why Mammoth fits for me. Everybody back home just still supporting and showing love. And then, again, such a coach speak, but all the former players. You had text messages from Germany and Israel and players playing professionally overseas. And, like, it was only a matter of time, coach. And just, you know, people lifting you up and believing in you when you didn't even know if this day would ever come. You would dream for it. You would work for it. You would plan for it. But knowing that they were rooting for you all along was really cool. Well said. Uh, want to turn our attention quickly in our last few minutes with the game on, on Thursday night. Thursday night, 
Bloomington, Indiana, Assembly Hall. For, you know, first four game, whatever the hell they're calling it these days, uh, against Tennessee Tech. Uh, you were very candid about saying that uh, Tennessee Tech, you know, they win the OVC. They're twenty-two and nine. Um, their head coach, Kim, Kim Rosemond, uh, you are friends with, and not like, hey, that's my coaching buddy. We're tight, like friends. Like we've been boating together. We've been on vacations together. We're. we're... I love boating. <laughs> Gary does it's love boating. Best. When you when you're from West Virginia, without saying you're from West Virginia, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's from, from North people Jersey. from Michigan. When you know people from Michigan, yeah, your family. that's true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Kim is a dear friend, and I think the things we have in common are our core values. You know, our our willingness and eagerness to pour into our women and and make them the best people and and students they can be, in addition to players um, and our faith. And I think you know, just finding people that get you. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron is one of our core values. Um, but somebody that is also really fighting hard to be an authentic leader, uh, you know, a transformational leader, not a transactional one. So we share books, we share podcasts, we share funny text messages. And so, um, you know, she is a dear friend and um, it's pretty cool, actually, that we get to share this moment together. It stinks we got to compete against each other. <laughs> right. But, to you know, to to have that much respect for a friend um, who's done it the right way in this business for a long time. And uh, don't don't want to compete against her, but excited for that big hug before we get started. Hmm. Who reached out first? Oh well, they won first, right? So last week, you know, they finished it, whatever day that was, and I just sent her, you know, before the game, uh, you know, good looking ship, and then after the the stupid congrats, and then after we won, I got the this is insane, you know, congrats, and then the you got to be kidding me <laughs> after the selection show. And then of course our mutual friends got into the mix as well. And uh, you know, half blue, half purple and all the, all the fun things, but even her staff, I mean, I know her staff well. And so I've talked about it in the CAA, the, all these rock star young head coaches, newly hired last few year head coaches. And then even Amy, like we all grew up in this profession together. And, and Kim is, you know, again, a, a super, a super, Recruiter, head coach, friend, mentor, all the things in one, and excited to excited to be there. So when their name came across the screen, you were like, oh, of course, of course we're playing Tennessee Tech. Uh, yeah. It couldn't be anybody else. Why wouldn't it be? 67 other teams. Right. So it's unreal. They, the NCAA likes to get these fun storylines. I doubt they know we're friends, right? That wasn't the storyline <laughs> right. there. But you see, like, uh, UTC going back to Virginia Tech when Poppy was his associate coach for all those years. And I, I don't know. The universe has a way of, of aligning They do like to create, to create those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really cool. Um, you, you've talked about being in NCAA tournaments as an assistant at other schools. Um, obviously, doing it as a head coach is totally different. But you guys are going to leave on Tuesday. You don't play till Thursday night. There's a whole lot that goes into an NCAA tournament week, right, with media availability and open practices, press conferences, and, and so on and so forth. What, outside of obviously the game, and you're going to watch your film and you're going to do your scouting reports like normal, but what do you hope your girls take out of this experience of playing in an NCAA tournament throughout the whole week? You know, throw the game aside. Like, this experience of being one of the top teams in the country, being one of the few teams that's still playing, what do you want them to take out of this experience? Yeah, you belong here. You belong here, and Mammoth Women's Basketball belongs here, and you've earned this. And and we've said that over and over and over. I'll, why are we here? That's what I've asked them. You know, we won, we won the first one. Why, why do we get a chance to play another one? Well, we stayed together. You know, we played hard. We were disciplined. We were tough. We executed the plan. Okay, all the way up to the end. And so why are we here? These are those reasons. And, you know, we talk, I mentioned the book Legacy earlier. We talk about leaving a legacy, leaving – the jersey better than you found it. Being the reason Monmouth women's basketball takes another step forward. You know, I heard from some of our alums, um, you know, Lex Wallace this morning. I was like, don't think you weren't a part of this kid. 
um, you know, a part of building what, what we're becoming. And so this is just another moment toward that. But uh, they even, you know, the 83 team coming back, they're like, we get to all come back. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, again, we're just building those thoughts. We're not waiting beans. 40 years. Yeah, we're, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it 40 more guys with the stress level. No, I'm kidding. But we, um, yeah, though, I want them thinking that way and thinking about their future, their future as an alum, as a member of our Monmouth family forever. And so, again, I want them to know they belong. Touched on the alum thing there with Alexa. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'm going to try to put something together to to promote them a little bit more. But the social media interaction obviously was off the charts yesterday. The amount of alums from the program that reached out through social media just to congratulate your program or or they were watching so many pictures of them watching the game at their house. Like That's, to me, like a really cool thing when you have girls that played here 10, 12 years ago that you've probably never even met or you know don't really know at all that are like, sitting at home living and dying in every possession in a championship game. Like it just goes back to you building that culture and, and having the program in a place where they can watch you in a championship game. But I thought that was pretty cool yesterday. It was cool. And you know, these are kids that are, some of them won two games in a season the year before we got here. And then we're getting ready for the first round game or, or the first game at the tournament, I guess I should say. And, and there was the, you know, the send off and they were like, wait, they're here for us. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, everyone's excited about what you guys are doing. No one here wants to play Mammoth. Like, let's go and have fun doing it. And so, again, you know, that relevance, you know, them being affirmed over and over that, you know, by our leadership here, our president, our athletic director, Jen Vera, you guys, the media content, being affirmed over and over, like, hey, what we're doing matters. You matter. You belong. Um, is only going to give them more and more confidence as we move forward as a program. And that continued uh, last night when we pulled into the loading, when you pulled into the loading dock. This is, and, I, I can't wait to hear about this. And, and there was uh, a really nice contingent at eleven thirty at night or whatever time it was. Music was going. People were, were juiced. Uh, Saw some po- confetti. Co- confetti. They were dollar bills, guys. They were mini do- like $100 bill confettis. <laughs> Unbelievable attention to detail. That was so well done. Uh, um, a police escort, kind of. A lot, of, uh, a lot of horns, a lot of sirens. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that just kind of backs up what you just finished saying. Sure, the but, neighbors enjoyed that at 1130 <laughs> at night. Forget them. Uh, Come join the party, neighbors. Yeah, yeah exactly. you should be over here. That's what that means. Were the girls expecting that? Were, I mean, somebody probably told you that it was going to happen, but. Again, the teams I've been a part of that have done this, that, that was what happened when we got home. But it was spring break. You know, I wasn't really sure. It was much later than it normally is because of the, the selection show, a lot of different things. Uh, but I did get a little bug in the ear of just like, hey, maybe don't know how many people will show up. And so a Texas staff, look alive, right? We'd all taken the makeup <laughs> off. We had the tears, right? Hats on, sideways, Exhausted. backwards. Like kids are asleep in the back as they should be because it was just so emotionally, physically daunting. Um, and I was just like, you know, when we were about two miles away, I pretended I was talking about all the other things that were upcoming. And then I was like, and uh, you might want to look alive because there's going to be some people waiting on you uh, to welcome you home as champs. And, um, you know, sleepy-eyed. And then the siren came on. It was pretty good timing. Actually, it worked out really well. Um, and then the bus driver started honking the horn, and then we turned the corner, and the music was bumping. And it was just, um, again, one of those moments. I hope, hope every time they walk through the loading dock, they think about that. Mm. Well, Coach, I, we said we'd get you out of here in 30 minutes. It's now 40 minutes, so I apologize. I love talking about this team. Uh, Tennessee Tech, Thursday night, ESPN2, 9 p.m. I'm pretty sure 
Deal Lake is going to be shown. Deal Lake Bar, Deal Lake Bar Company, which has been a great partner with all of these games, and uh, they had the Flow games on. They obviously had the championship game on. They, if you, if you're not going out to Bloomington, uh, get over to Deal Lake, uh, watch this team play, uh, and then you know if you get that win, you got Indiana waiting for you on Saturday. Uh, we won't even touch on that because it's it's one game at a time. But uh, truly fantastic uh, for the for this university to win the first CAA championship out of women's basketball. It's so improbable, but only if you haven't been paying attention. No, I appreciate the kind words. And again, we're extremely proud of what we're building and what we've done this season and who we've done it with. It's so easy to fall in love with this team and how much they love each other, how fun, how fun they are to watch, how much fun they have playing the game. And, um, you know, we'll see if we can get out there and, and keep doing what we've been doing. Stay hot. It's a good time to stay hot. All right, Coach, thanks a lot for a few minutes, and good luck this week. Thanks for the support. You want to stay hot like the Hawks. There's only one way to do it. Call Edison Heating and Cooling. They provide full HVAC services to businesses and residents in central Jersey. Visit edisonhvac.com to schedule your repair or installation today. Uh, you should go back and check a couple days ago on our social media because they had a promotion that we tweeted out. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was an outstanding thing. Uh, and he- here's the deal. Uh, winter has not left us. It's like 41 degrees and raining. And uh, summer will be here before you know it. So uh, go, in, uh, go and support one of our sponsors, Edison HVAC. I'd like to point out to the audience I declined uh, to do that read because my favorite part of the show is when Greg does it, <laughs> works in some kind of ridiculous angles. Um, I enjoy that very much. Sure. I, um, I, I'm i not as uh, witty as I'm just processing this women's basketball stuff. It's, it's awesome. It's it's awesome. And Coach Bacchus is awesome. And it's unbelievable. I mean, they won two games two years ago before Coach took over. And now they are the first team in our department, in a department that's loaded with success. To win a CAA championship, and you'll never. John Geraldo said a couple weeks ago, we were talking about 1996. He said, no matter what happens, we'll always be the first team mom to go to the tournament. And Coach Bogus and this team will always be the first team to win the CAA, no matter what happens in the next however many years. So. And, and to be fair, did it with largely the same team. I mean, obviously, Lovin is new and Bree Tinsley is new, but everybody else has been here. Yeah, Casey I mean, Donovan. You, you've gotten a little bit of contribution from the freshmen. Um, I know I know one of them is hurt, but Ella Farley's played a little bit. Um, but, yeah, largely the same group. And, and we talked about this morning, the, the just the mindset, the attitude of, of the program is so different. And, you know, you like like Coach talked about multiple times yesterday, like she had this little guard who was four or five points a game as a freshman and, had, you know, had a little bit of something to her. And all of a sudden now she's – made her first seven shots yesterday or whatever it was, and, and that's Ariana Vanderhoop, and, and essentially led this team to a giant lead that they held on to to, to win a championship. Um, super excited to see what happens on Thursday night. Excited for the experience that they're going to get at the NCAA tournament. That's a really unique thing that, obviously, you know, in this profession, in this world of college basketball, March Madness is what it's all about, right? That's what people mm-hmm. identify as. <laughs> people people pick out the month of March as college basketball and, and fill out their brackets and the whole – you know, the whole deal, and now our name and, and Monmouth University will be across those brackets on the women's side, and it's really, really cool. I mean, right before she came in here, all you need to know about is how much of a big deal this is for for everybody 
is that right before Coach Boggess came in here, she did 24 minutes on a midday Sirius XM college, college sports show that I listened to that they talk about everything, basketball, football, they talk about everything. And, and they had the Monmouth University women's basketball coach on for 24 minutes. Like, that's just crazy. It's crazy for the school. It's crazy for her personally. It's crazy for these girls. It's awesome. Uh, I have been, I'm 43. I've done this since I left college, so 23 years, you know, whatever, 22 years. Uh, I have never, not one team that I've worked with, one school that I've worked at has won a men's or women's uh, title to go to the championship. I got here. Uh, in 06, and the men had just won whatever, three out of four, whatever it was, two out of four, whatever it was. Uh, and I felt like, it, you know, we've been so close on the men's side, three championships in the King Rice era, uh, championship games, and just haven't been able to get over that hump. Um, it's just, it's amazing to, to see the juice. Oh, the girls were walking up and down the hallway today. Had to come. It's spring break. There's not a ton of people around here. And they were walking up and down the hallway. I guess they had to come over, check in, or pick up something. I'm not sure what it was. And just to hear all the other coaches just say, you know, congratulations, that you know, great job. You like it's just a, such a winning in basketball at the mid major level is, is almost unmatched, and it's, and that's men's or women's. It's side. awesome. And they 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 all they all came in. They still had their uh, hats on for the championship. Yeah, probably yeah. a lot of them have taken it off since since they got it on the court yesterday. Sure. Um, I know I probably wouldn't have if I was a member of the team. Um, but it was just really cool, and being down there yesterday at Towson was was a really special experience. Um, shout out to CA, both the men's and the women's tournaments have been flawlessly run. They do a great job with the championship presentation. Um, they do they, everything in just such a first class manner. They have shirts and hats for everybody, Plus, not every player, right. every player, every coach, every manager, every member of the travel party, right. every trainer. It's it's magnificent, and then they they go and and. The commissioner presents the trophy, and they do a little interview with the coach. Then they name Bree Tinsley the MVP. They do a little interview with her. And the whole time, the, the girls are just going crazy. Um, they present them with the March Madness um, ticket. banner yeah. ticket thing. Um, just first class, and, and the experience down there was, was unbelievable. The girls didn't want to leave the court. Um, essentially, you had to drag them to the bus like, hey, we have to go watch the selection show and, and eat some dinner because we're you know you just played a basketball game. No, really, just unbelievable, and um, so happy for Coach Boggess and her staff. And we didn't really even get into her staff much with with her. I know she gave them a lot of credit yesterday during the press conference. All of her assistant coaches had a scout during this week's tournament. I know um, Andre Barrett had two in a row to <laughs> close it out. So just shout out to the staff and and everybody involved. Just really just good people to work with too. Great people to work with. Um, you know, really happy for for that group. Definitely, and. Um, Gary and I had taken some flack publicly uh, about, I guess, w w during the show last last podcast, we had said, you know, basketball season's over. It's time to turn attention. Uh, from a very uh, selfish point of view, I am the ba men's basketball sports supervisor. Gary is the PR director for our men's basketball team. So when we were saying that, we were talking about personally uh, how we felt about men's basketball, not necessarily about basketball. Uh, we do a lot behind the scenes for all of our teams. Uh, so I think, you know, without some context or maybe just uh, some folks who can't uh, process context as well as, as most, uh, that's what we were talking about. And, and kind of why I'm bringing this up is because the team behind the team uh, this week, and, and I wasn't down there, so I got to give you guys all the credit yourself. Uh, uh, the guys, in the, you know, Ryan Schwager, 
who handled most of the photography and Brady Weaver and of course uh, the PR, you know, sports information director, uh, Megan O'Brien, you guys, you running the, the kind of the, the behind the scenes show with the social media and getting all the content out there. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's ever been more content for any team uh, than there was over the last few days down there. And it's just, it was the highlight packages and um, you know, finding old tweets to put out and graphics put together on a moment's notice. There were a lot of back and forth at 1130 at night or 1230 at night on Slack and on, and on text message about getting stuff done. Uh, and then, you know, the reward is, uh, Hey, let's do it all over again for the NCAA tournament, which we leave for tomorrow. It's, and I talk about this, right? It's what we, why we do what we do. There's a lot of long nights, long weekends in this profession. Losses are the worst, you know, dealing with, with losing sucks, but Days like yesterday, days like, you know, when we won in football at Kennesaw State, I talk about that game all the time, um, beating UCLA. Like, those are the days why we do this. Yesterday was a really long day, and it was so much fun. Like, I wouldn't – it didn't even feel like a long day because it, so, it was so awesome. Um, but I, I remember saying to our photographer, Ryan, at one point, because he's on the court just firing away with the camera after the game, and everybody's losing their minds, and everybody's celebrating, and everybody wants pictures with the trophy. And – they started lining up to, to cut down the nets. And obviously that's great content for, for Monmouth fans to see, right? You want Coach Boggins cutting down the net. And I just went over to Ryan. I said, listen, make sure you get a picture of everybody to cut down the net. Like, I don't care if we ever use it on our stuff, but, like, this is a moment. They're going to frame that. Like, they're going to put that in their house. This is a moment they're never going to forget. Like, we need to get everybody cutting down the net because that's just a, a thing they're never going to forget that they did, and they should be able to have that photo. So, um, that's kind of why we do it, right? To to cherish these memories and savor these memories, and and document the history of this program. And, and yesterday was a whole lot of fun. So thank you for the kind words. But it was uh, it was a group effort, and I think everybody uh, at the end of the day would do it all over again. Because, um, for example, the guys you just touched on our younger our younger crew, our photo and video guys, Ryan and Brady. I called them last night and I said, "Hey, um, it's Sunday night, and you're still in in Maryland." cutting video and, and going through photos from, from the championship celebration. I said, uh, you're going to drive home in the morning and you got about 26 hours <laughs> to do some laundry, uh, continue generating content and get your life together because we're all going to Bloomington. Right. See your girlfriends for a little bit. And there's a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, but there are people in this field and people outside of this field that are like, what are you out of your mind? You just spent six days in Maryland. You're going to turn right back around and go to Indiana. And the two of them were like, awesome. Thank you for including me. I'm so excited to go. Like this team has been so much fun. This run has been so much fun. Like I want to be a part of the next chapter of it, which is at Tennessee Tech. So look forward to uh, creating more content this week for everybody and really documenting the behind the scenes of uh, what goes on at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, really, um, really awesome. And you know, I was going to bring it up, but those guys um, they did stay back. Everybody else drove home. You know, at whatever nine o'clock at night, and we had rooms already because we had to book them late. Uh, and they stayed back to really to finish content, to get some more highlights and stuff out, to finish, you know, the thousands of photos that were taken so that uh, the, the the girls get them through the influencer platform and everything else. So a uh, huge shout out to that whole crew went down there and, and, and Ken Taylor uh, and Benny Kanzler and ticketing. And that, that's not easy either to figure out ticketing for a bunch of people and, and figuring out, you know, what restaurant we're going to be at to send them off and everything. So the crew, uh, the external affairs crew has just worked really hard. And I really appreciate that out of you guys. Do a little, uh, 
spring spring sports to wrap this up? Yeah, I think we I think we have to. I mean, it, the spring is is off to a little bit of a rough start, uh, but we had some very really positive stuff. I think over the weekend, you know, that w- was kind of overshadowed, obviously, uh, by women's basketball, which is just another tip of the hat on on top of doing all the stuff for women's basketball you're sitting there working on stuff for baseball and megan is doing stuff for women's across with mark Moorman a little bit uh and and ryan's got responsibilities and so with softball so it's not even like you can just sit there and work on women's basketball and then put your feet up uh the grind kind of never stops uh in this field so uh baseball gets its first caa win first caa win saturday night they had to shift things to a doubleheader on saturday um down at wilmington competitive game friday night we're right there, just couldn't couldn't get a big hit. Um, Saturday, the first game got away a little bit. I think the wind was blown out because there was nine home runs in one game, <laughs> which is a lot at the college level, um, including three by us. Uh, but the night game, uh, down three to nothing, long day at the field. You've been out there all day. I've been a part of those doubleheaders. It's long. Um, it's it's nighttime. It played at, at 6 o'clock was the start of the second game. And through six innings, we were down three nothing, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, you know, you're, you're – Staring at a sweep in your first CAA weekend, you're down 3 nothing. How much do we have left in us? It's been a long day. And we kind of woke up, and we scored five times in the eighth inning. Brady Mott's hit a home run, um, a three-run homer to put us up, and then we, we kind of locked it down from there. And um, So congrats to Coach E. Hall. That's uh, going to be a tough league. The CAA is really good in baseball, and that's yeah. a, a good win to get. Um, coming home for our earliest home games ever this week in baseball, I'm pretty sure, um, against Elon Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So more CAA tests. We get to play them at home, but uh will not be an easy weekend. And then softball also getting their first win. Two beating, wins. Uh, beating Hampton. Uh, yeah, their first couple of wins. Um, beating Hampton down there. Um, watch some highlights from that. A couple of home runs. Big late home run for, for softball in their first win um, to the opposite field. So congratulations to Shannon. And another shout-out on the women's basketball side to Coach Salzburg. Comes back from Virginia after playing softball weekend in conference play. And still has the um, the energy and the the ability to uh, make sure she's there for the women's basketball team getting back from uh, from the CAA tournament. She was part of that welcome crew. So shout out, Coach Salzberg. That's awesome. A description of why Monmouth is such a special place. I really really easy for Coach Salzberg to text Jenny and, and tell her what a great job, and then go to sleep because you probably got practice today and you probably got another road trip coming up, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But she didn't do that she made sure she was there to welcome that team in at, at midnight after a long weekend so um part of why mom is such a such a unique place coach rice uh coach callahan on the on the hoop side both back here to wel- welcome the um welcome the team back as well that was pretty awesome awesome to see a bunch of people on campus the goat luann russell mm-hmm. uh just a consummate athletic supporter i would say and lady works a lot of hours so that was awesome for her to come out um Men's across had opened up against Delaware. Uh, the, Brian has put together really a, a tale of two uh, schedules. You know, had a I would say a little bit of an easier schedule. Got out to a four and one start. Uh, now we're going to just jump into it with CAA play. The CAA one, one of the probably the premier you know mid major men's across uh, programs. And then he sprinkled in Villanova, who's tenth. They're coming here on Saturday, and St. Joe's, who's I think in the top 22, 20 as well. Uh, so uh, they they're gonna they're gonna have a little bit of a battle, but they're playing some good teams, and uh, he's he's got pretty a uh, pretty young team that I think will be fun. Uh, women's across finishes the uh, early part of the season going two and one against uh, all of the the teams played named George. Yeah, got a win against George Washington. 
Got a win against George 15 Washington to today, 15-12. Uh, Caroline Brennan, super sophomore, uh, MDN worker, eight points beast. in the game today. She's a beast. Eight points in the game today, did a really nice job. Uh, earlier in the year, uh, got a, a season opening win over George Mason. Uh, and then this weekend, they go down to Georgetown. Uh, they're up at halftime, 13-9. Georgetown, really, really good lacrosse program, really strong lacrosse program. Uh, you know, third quarter gets away from a little bit, and then they, they win the fourth quarter. But uh, it was, I guess, too little, too late, a little bit of a case of too little, too late, and end up losing like 18-13. Uh, but, but another aggressive schedule uh, by Coach Troutman there on the women's side. So, uh, you, you know, outdoor track's going to get going here soon. Uh, the tennises are in full swing. Uh, the golfs are uh, in full swing. Talked with uh, Coach Bryson on the women's golf side. They're uh, getting going, I believe, Monday and Tuesday, uh, today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had their first kind of uh, big outing in the uh, spring. So spring sports are, f- are full go, but I am really, really happy to announce that um, our, our our winter sports aren't done yet. Correct. <laughs> They're not done yet, and, th- and that's in large part uh, thank you to – uh, Coach Bogus and and the really really special team that she has and I thought it was funny when she said oh we get to come back now and and it certainly will not be forty years before we have that team back I can tell you that much Gary that's pretty much it I'm good I'm leaving go, uh, leaving for do Indiana some laundry and, and get ready for Bloomington Le- leaving for Indiana tomorrow one of like the twelve states that I've never been to I've but- been to Indiana I have um, but I'm looking forward to Bloomington here it's a great town I got some suggestions. From a close friend of mine, where to go eat and, and drink around town. Meeksy? Uh, uh, former basketball coach Jamal Meeks. Legend. At Ball State now. And, big time uh, Indiana legend, too. Big time Indiana legend. I may have to drop his name around town. <laughs> see if maybe That's got to be worth some free meals. A couple yeah. free, bo- free green bottles, as he uh, loves. Oh, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm maybe take away the, 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 the experience of the NCAA tournament. I'm really bummed out that I, I won't have an opportunity. You guys might have an opportunity to get one of those shakes. Oh, the chocolate cake shake from Portillo's. I don't even know if that's the name of the place. I think it's something like that, but I'm excited for it. Well, I, you know, I am certainly jealous about that. Uh, ESPN 2 on Thursday night. That you, you got to be watching 9 o'clock. The Hawks against the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.